Hey friends, I want to come to you and share an activity that went really well in my 7th grade Spanish classes today. And if you've seen me post about it on CI Liftoff, you may have read um, some of the quote-unquote controversy in the comment thread. So I thought it would take some time to really dive in and explain what the activity was, what the purpose and intent of it was, and also the benefits that I saw and the experiences that my students had. Because at the end of the day, my goal is for my students to feel safe, to feel empowered, to feel capable, to feel success, and to learn Spanish, right? And feel all those things while they're learning Spanish. And so my classroom is very, very, very heavily focused on comprehensible input. We do so much listening and reading and writing every single day as a class, mostly teacher-led by me. But for those of you that don't know my story, and I don't think I've ever really fully shared my whole story in one place, um, but for those of you that are newer to uh, listening to some of these episodes, probably haven't heard before um, that two years ago, it was after my first full year of teaching with comprehensible input, I ended up with, I came back from, I think it was winter break or spring break, and my voice was hoarse. And I was like, this is really weird. This is funky. And it just never got better. And eventually I saw my doctor and she said, yep, you should probably go see an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Well, lo and behold, I had two pretty large polyps on my vocal folds and I needed surgery. And of course, this was really scary for me because speaking is my whole career, Um, like if I can't talk, I probably can't teach very well. So, um, the surgery went really well. It was a difficult recovery because I had to basically retrain my voice. I had to go to speech therapy, learn all these techniques to make sure that I'm using my voice more effectively. Um, I do have to use a microphone when I teach every day. I can't project my, my voice well in large groups or large rooms, um, for very long without, actually feeling physical pain. Um, and I am at risk of potentially damaging them again. And depending on how the scar tissue has healed in there from the first surgery, surgery may or may not be an option again in the future. We don't know how successful it could be, how much it would be able to restore my voice. So I am very, very, very aware of the condition that my voice is in that's impacted by like the humidity, if there's like more pollen and I have more allergies, it all changes on a dime on whether or not my voice is going to have the oomph to be able to teach six classes a day. So today I was feeling pretty good, but I was also feeling like we were getting a little tired of our routine. And I was also feeling like, hey, these seventh graders, the other two years that they had me as their teacher were COVID years. They haven't really done any writing assessments. I need to get them writing to start feel comfortable expressing themselves in Spanish. Now, yes, I give them a ton of input. Yes, they get writing modeled for them every day, but they've not had to do it on their own before. And I have had so many students in the past when I don't provide enough scaffolds at the beginning of their first writing assessment, especially, kind of freeze. And then their writing doesn't even become a reflection of what they actually know. And so I like to tiptoe and ease them into it in various ways. And I know I've made um, 
a podcast episode long, long ago about scaffolding writing for novice learners as well. But more specifically, the activity I did today I think was perfect for my students that are not brand, brand new to Spanish, but they're also not really at that intermediate level yet. They're still novice level students, but they're probably in that novice mid, novice high stage, which is a good spot for them to be in as seventh grade. I have two more years with them, Um, but I wanted to give them an opportunity and empower them to challenge themselves to start writing, there's air quotes around that, writing sentences on their own today without having to come up with the words to use or all of the words to use. So I'm calling this the um, scaffolding student writing by using word card sentences. Basically, what I did was I looked back at our past shared writings from the first five classes um, for, I think we had four before this and today was our fifth class. Um, And I had looked at the different things that had popped up on our calendar talk that I had written down that things had, that students had done that we talked about a lot. And what I did was I basically, I typed words into boxes on a table in Google Docs and I made them big enough so they're like mini flashcard size. And the idea is, okay, I'm going to give them duplicates of a lot of the words like oi, 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 S, S, S. And then I gave them one for every day of the week. And then I gave them like class A, class A, class A. Um, I gave them the different school subjects. I gave them... um, words to say like tomorrow is, yesterday was, um, a lot of the phrases and things that had come up during calendar talk that I know they're very, very familiar with. So what we did then was we cut apart all those cards. They were all individually. And I also cut apart a, um, a piece of playing cards that were empty because here's the thing. I know that every single student in that room can put together sentences with the cards I gave them. But my challenge to them was come up with as many sentences as you can using as many words as you can. Think about the quality of your sentence over how many sentences you have. Because not doesn't just because you write more sentences doesn't mean that that's better. Um, and this is one of the lessons I wanted them to kind of pick up on out of this. So we had our lesson today. And we, you know, we did our reading workshop time where we were reading, we're reading through a novel together as a class, just little snippets of it. We're going to read a couple chapters and then we'll move on to another one, kind of dipping their toes into free choice reading. Because again, that's something we haven't done in over a year. Um, And I don't want them to feel overwhelmed by it. So, so that's, that's how we started our day. And then we went into our calendar talk and that was about 10, 15 minutes or so. And then I was like, okay, instead of doing our normal write and discuss in like a quick quiz, I'm going to have let them play around with these sentences and see what they can come up with because I want to empower them to do more, right? Not to just do the minimum, but I want to give them the tools and the skills and the belief to do more with what they've got because a lot of students have a lot more in them than just, oh, Here's, you know, words and making sentences like today is Thursday, tomorrow is Friday. I wanted them to take that information, which we've discussed, and expand on it, including other things that we have discussed. So nothing unfamiliar, nothing that they had to look anything up for, just purely information from either the calendar that they have copies of in their notebooks, because it's like a graphic organizer, they're taking it down, 
either the calendar in their notebooks or the shared writing text that we've done so far this year and use that as a way for them to get ideas and a springboard to come up with their own sentences. So I gave them, I split them into groups. It ended up being about three to four students per group and I felt that that worked really well. And I was really lucky when I numbered them off, I ended up with at least one strong student in each group. Um, and it was really great because you could see the, the students with that leadership kind of take the lead and say, okay, well, let's, let's split the words into different categories. Let's organize our words. Let's look at them all out. Let's look at them. Let's think about them. Let's look at our calendar. Like, you know, they're, they're working on these leadership skills, right? Sometimes we do activities in class, especially at the middle school level, that isn't just for the input of the language, but is also to help them develop into productive parts of society, right? And being able to work in a group and work together and have that kind of leadership is important. So that comes out in this. It also gives the students opportunities to teach each other things. So if someone is in that group, they see a car, they're like, what does that one mean? Someone else knows. They're helping each other out. They're like, oh yeah, let's work together. Oh, well, what about this idea in a sentence? Wait, no, I don't think, I don't think that makes sense there. Well, wait, we want to use, um, we want to use the word arte in this sentence, but we can't use it in both. Oh, but we could write two sentences about it. Oh, let's use one of our blank cards and let's add another arte and write another sentence about art class. So these were the conversations that were going on. And yes, they were going on in L1, but keep in mind, this was 15 minutes of class, one day. So while I am a huge advocate for making your class be about input, there are some days that maybe your voice is tired and it needs a break, or maybe your students need to switch something up. They need to experience a different activity. And to be quite honest, I was like blown away at the sentences that the students were able to create together. If I had asked each individual kid to do that on their own, it wouldn't have been as beneficial because they didn't have as much brain power working together and working off of each other's ideas. The higher order thinking that took place on like, What's the best word to use here? Or how do we use here? Or they're starting to pick up differences like, well, primer is in our list because we've talked about the first days of a lot of things. And primera is in our list. Wait, they both mean first? What's the difference? Oh, look, and they're able to just put primer with dia and primera with clase? That's because they're learning from their input that they're getting during our calendar talk, right? So all this input is helping them on working on putting together these sentences. Is this an activity I feel like I want to do every unit or every cycle or every phase? No, not necessarily. Is it an activity that I felt is beneficial knowing that they haven't done a writing assessment in almost two years and that this one's going to maybe give them that confidence boost to feel successful when I ask them to write about the calendar? Yes, sometimes we do things for purposes other than input. But I feel like that's my job. I don't feel like my job is to just give my students input. It's to make them well-rounded, you know, productive members of society that get along with people and respect people and are responsible for their part in their work and carry their weight when they're working with groups and things like that. So anyhow, I digress. Let me get off my soapbox. Um, so I split the kids up into groups. I gave each group their set of cards. I told them, hey, you might want to organize it. You might want to lay things out. You might want to start putting ideas together. So they're looking through their shared writings and they're looking through their, their calendar. So they're getting more input 
of, you know, correct Spanish because they're looking back at what I've written and what we've written together um, to kind of give them ideas. And then the really neat thing came to their minds is I threw in some adjectives in there because even though we didn't talk necessarily about what classes are interesting or um, fantastic or special, I threw the adjectives in there because we've used those a lot talking about other things. So I was like, you know what, let me see how they can apply words they've heard in other contexts into a calendar context. And, you know, I gave them suggestions like, hey, maybe you want to use some of your blank word cards for, you know, connecting words like and or but or because. And so they really took that advice and they ended up, instead of coming up with sentences that are just like, today is Thursday, art is on Wednesday, they had sentences like, Today is special because there is a Spanish class. Like, that's huge. It's huge that they're able to put those things together all on their own, working together and brainstorming and challenging themselves, pushing themselves to go beyond the very basic three-word sentences. So the point of the activity was, number one, to show them how much they really do know in Spanish and how much they can create in Spanish to make sentences, even if they're not perfect, but they still communicate a message, right? That's the point of learning a language, especially at that novice, you know, that messy novice high going into intermediate level. Things can get messy while they're working their way there. So number one, to provide that scaffolding to show them what they can do. Number two, to change things up. Number three, to give my voice a rest. Number four, to... Um, give them an opportunity to work together collaboratively, which is something they did not get to do last year because of our COVID restrictions in place. Um, and number five, it was fun. They had fun. They turned it into a competition. I was like, ooh, the class with the most sentences and the most words wins. Like, what do we get? Bragging rights. You know, and then the next class came and I said, oh, your goal is to beat them. How many sentences they had? The most sentences in the first class was 11. The most sentences in the second class was 18. They took that challenge to heart and they were like, okay, let's go. So incentivizing, gamifying some of these things where, sure, I could have had them sit down and just write on their own, but this was more fun. It made them feel better. It built their confidence so that when I do have them sit down to write on their own, they might think back to the skills they learned during this activity to help process what they've been learning and push them to do better on their writing assessment. So I just really want to wrap up by saying that, you know, moving from novice level where you're talking in words and phrases and some memorized sentences into that intermediate level where they're creating their own sentences. I saw that happen before my eyes with this activity today. Instead of just using that memorized or practiced sentence of today is Thursday, tomorrow is Friday, I saw them saying, okay, well, maybe we can make this longer by instead of saying tomorrow is Thursday, oh, tomorrow is Friday, maybe they said tomorrow is special because it's Friday. So now they're recombining. So these, these are the things that are going to bump them up that ladder of proficiency. And they're just getting to do that in a group collaborative environment. So I would give it a try if I were you. Don't put too much pressure on it. Don't make it last too long. 
you know, like I said, 15 minutes. And that included cutting out the cards. <laughs> because I don't have time for that. So I had them cut out the cards in their group. I said, each group member can have a pair of scissors and you can each cut out a page of cards. Um, if you go to my blog, I'll link it in the, the comments of this podcast. If you go to my blog, which is preachingtoacquire.blogspot.com, you can see the post. And in the post, I linked, I linked the word cards that I gave my students related to Calendar Talk. And I gave... Um, I gave the link to my YouTube video of me giving the directions in class. Um, and one part that I wish I had gotten on video as we wrap up this episode is at the end of class, I had each group tell me how many sentences they used, how many words they used. And we applauded for every single group, every single one. Like you wrote eight sentences and used 41 words. Yes. You wrote six sentences but you used 42 words? Yes! You wrote 11 sentences and used 45 words? Yes! I did not care. It's celebrating the wins, celebrating what they can do, right? That's what I like to focus on. But then, this was a huge teachable moment at the end of class. I said, okay, let's take a look at this. So this group wrote 11 sentences and had 44 words. That means they used, on average, 4.4 words per sentence. But yet this next group wrote six sentences and had 42 words. That means they used seven words per sentence. So we had a discussion about does the quantity of sentences always make it better? Or does the quality of our sentences make it better? And that depends, right? Sometimes short sentences are great. But it was a really great conversation knowing that we're going to be having a writing assessment coming up soon that this will be in their minds and they can think about this as we move forward. So it was a really great experience for my students. They seemed to enjoy it. They loved the competition part of it. They were like really bummed when I started counting down that we only had so many minutes left of work time. It was a blast. And I didn't have to fry my voice for, you know, an extra 30 minutes today when I just didn't feel like I had it in me. So I hope that if this is something that you're looking to do for your students, to give them an opportunity to take words and phrases that they already know and recombine them into sentences and use them in different contexts or similar contexts to kind of pump up their egos before a writing assessment about the same topics... I hope you give this a try. Or if you just need a 15-minute break and you want them doing something related to the language that you don't have something else prepared, give this a try. You could even have them make the cards in class. Now, granted, that's going to take longer, um, but you could literally have them like take a plain sheet of paper and write words on the cards and then cut them up and do it themselves. Um, so anyway, give it a try. There's lots more details at my blog, and also the YouTube video has directions. Um, if this is something that you're not interested in or you don't believe in, that's cool too. You don't need to give it a try. But I've just found that in my years of teaching with CI, trying to prepare my kids for traditional teachers in high school, that I have to find balance somewhere, right? I literally burned myself out to the point of needing vocal cord surgery after my first two years of CI because that's how hard I went. I have learned, I have matured that I can't do that anymore. I have also learned 
that my students need some more of this, you know, conscious learning. The kids that like really love to write and really into grammar, they loved this activity. And the kids who didn't, it did not hurt them. There was no grade given. This wasn't being assessed. It was just a celebration of, hey, look at what you guys can do. Look how much you know so far. They weren't remaking sentences directly from the shared writing. Although if they had done that, I wouldn't have been mad either. Anyway, I'm all for scaffolding your students so much up to their first independent writing assessment that they feel like no problem. So give it a shot. Let me know how it goes for you, different ways you can level it up. I'm already in my brain thinking about other ways that I can make this even better with even more input with an even greater focus. Um, and obviously I'll be back with another episode or another blog post if I come up with those ideas anytime in the future. Until next time, I hope you're having a great night.